Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. I often reach out to guests because I feel that they have an opportunity of shining some light on the transformative power that Kickstarter is having in each particular category. As you know, we've had a lot of people on here for the board game space, video games, film, comic books, but I've reached out to my next guest because I think they're at the forefront of something that we're seeing Kickstarter almost create a new category all by itself, and it's a very cool category, and I wanted to have them come out and talk to us about it, and so I'll let them introduce the category. Um, we're joined by Lou Lefton. Lou, thanks for joining me on the show. Hi, Richard. Glad to be here. This is, this is exciting. You are a uh, math faculty member at Georgia Tech, right? That's, that's right. Yep. Um, everybody's favorite subject, so we can just <laughs> stop that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I have five daughters, and I wish that they were interested in math just a little bit more, right? The whole STEM, uh, the STEM program is very important to them. But I spend a lot of time doing homework with my, uh, I got my youngest nine-year-old, so I can understand that. But you have a Kickstarter project out there that isn't, isn't about math. It is about technology, though. Tell us what this thing is. And, and you heard my uh, introduction about this transformative power. I really feel this is happening. So kind of explain what you're, what you're doing and, and what's so fascinating about it, because it is fascinating. Yes. Well, our, our project is actually um, is, is to uh, work on a we're, we're trying to create a maker space uh, here in in my hometown of Decatur, Georgia, which is right in the heart of Atlanta. OK. Um, so explain to my audience what a maker space is. So this is this is one of those questions that has an answer for every maker space that. To me, a makerspace is really more about a community of people that get together and, and make things. Um, it's really a, it's a community more than it is a space, but usually those people have to gather somewhere. Um, you can typically think of it as kind of a cross between a workshop and a computer lab and um, maybe a, a, an artist studio and, okay. and, and maybe even uh, kind of Burning Man. I mean, sometimes there's just... <laughs> crazy okay. and science and art and it, okay. but every every maker space is a different community and therefore reflects a a, a different ethic and a different organization so I, so I have to admit if somebody's listening i have a little bit of familiarity with it but if somebody's listening right now they're a little puzzled what in the world are you talking about that explanation actually raised more questions in the minds of some of the listeners than it answered what kind of things are made and, and that type of thing yeah. So I'll give you an example of, of what we're trying to do, which I think is not unusual for makerspaces. So what we're really looking at doing is we've got we've got an old gym behind a, a church here that's been kind of fallen into disarray, and we're renovating. We're raising money to renovate it and put in uh, a, a wood shop, a metal shop, uh, some area for arts and crafts, robotics, programming, 3D printing, um, some uh, – perhaps electronics, all kinds of things. And what you find is that as people gather together to use this sort of collective set of tools, they also teach and, and, and learn from each other. And it's, it's very much in, in the, the notion of the maker movement to, to build things and share your knowledge and explore the world. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with our space. So who owns the equipment? All that equipment sounds way cool, but who owns all that? Uh, it's it, in this case we're we've incorporated as a nonprofit and uh, the space itself owns it. It's a membership model, so people would in our in our particular space they'd pay a monthly membership fee and then that would give them a key to the space that becomes their workshop 
that they're sharing with the other members of the community. So they can come in and use the table saw or the CNC router. They can use the welding machine or the sewing machine or the, uh, work on some programming project for their uh, electronics boards. Are there people but, there? Um, are there members who owned have, by the community? And are there members of the community who then come in and give workshops on how to use and learn how to use this equipment? Precisely, Richard. That's exactly the idea. Is that people in these communities often have skills that uh, that are they're interested in teaching, and sometimes they teach and they put their small teaching stipends toward uh, their membership fees, and and so it kind of the community grows as a result of everybody contributing maybe even a little bit more than they're taking. This is fascinating. And the reason we're talking is because um, Kickstarter is kind of making this ha uh, possible. You're, you're trying to raise $15,000. You're, you're two-thirds of the way with your goal with nine days left as the, as the time of the recording of the show. And you're trying to raise this money. And Kickstarter has really had an impact on, this, on the maker space, hasn't it? Absolutely. The, the, the Kickstarter site, which of course has itself been you know the vanguard of, of crowdfunding in, in many ways it certainly has the, the the mind share of what people think of in that in that space but um, as recently as last summer uh, the White House uh, actually held its first maker fair maker fair are these events that you'll see and if you look around on web search engine you'll probably find maker fairs near you that you can go visit they're kind of a a collection a, a sort of an event where people come together and show off what they made they sort of say the greatest show and tell on earth so the white house had a maker fair about last summer and uh they they really see the maker movement these these maker spaces and these maker communities that are forming as as part of a much larger and important uh uh I would say almost a national priority because they combine several interesting elements. After the White House Maker Fair, uh, the Kickstarter organization really pushed on having uh, its own impact and, and creating categories for maker spaces at, right alongside you know music production and, and other sort of more traditional things that you might see. And so how did you get involved with it? Well, I had... Kids in the middle school and the high school here, I was involved with FIRST Robotics and uh, some after-school science camps. And, and I was just as a parent volunteer and as, as a uh, person who does kind of STEM education uh, professionally, was always interested in, in having kids get engaged with science and mathematics. And, and so I, I just kept doing that volunteer work. And along the way, it, it sort of was a natural step to go and say, we should actually have a space where kids can do uh, stuff with their hands and learn a lot of that activity by doing. And, and just to be clear, that these maker fairs aren't just for kids, right? Oh no, not at all. In fact, uh, the but but they they they're a kind of a rare place for those of you who are parents out there, like you, Richard, have a nine-year-old. Probably not that many events you can go to that your nine-year-old daughter would be completely excited about, and you'd be completely excited about too. Uh, maker fairs have that kind of magical quality where the kids are are engaged they want to stay longer they want to come back for the second day and the adults are yeah this sounds cool i want to i want to go too um you see hovercrafts made out of leaf blowers and you see gigantic sculptures you'll see robot battles and you'll see people who have you know created their own uh kombucha uh, uh fungal farms it's it's it could be anything and everything it celebrates uh, it's kind of a diy uh do-it-yourself uh, ethic and and 
Um, it's a, it's a great community of people. And it goes everything from, as you just described, from a very organic, uh, get your hands dirty uh, type thing, all the way up to a pure. I know that a lot of these maker fairs have are implementing three D uh, printing, right? So sure. a combination three D printing and high technology. That's even not just three D printing, but um, you know, people that are that are looking at a, a big a big effort in maker spaces is the fact that you have a lot of electronics that are now available 3d printing is an example of the way the the, the technology that's available for a, a, a couple thousand dollars or less uh that you can have in your home uh, tabletop electronics that drive the internet of things you know with uh, electronics that your dishwasher can send uh, messages to your car to pick up some more uh, yeah. so when we get into the world of self-driving cars when we have objects that are connected to each other and sending data to each other that Internet of Things that people may have heard about, uh, a lot of that's driven by open source projects and open source hardware that uh, is being heavily embraced by the makers. You know, and uh, op open source hardware is something we've talked about on the show before as kind of a unique thing that people have heard of open source software, but open source hardware is such a new concept, and that is with the, the maker capability of, of making it available. I know that here in the San Jose area, there's a couple of, uh, I think there's a, a maker, i got to go figure out now now that i've had a, a <laughs> right a, a, where you can go down and use all of the very you know i live in silicon valley so there's some incredibly complex amazing pieces of equipment that you can go have access to simply by becoming a member of this this group but what you're talking about is it can go that direction or it can go as your guys are doing in a in a barn or a gym and uh introduce people of all kinds to a, a cross section of skills and abilities yeah, and in fact, it, it, it does really cross from the most uh, cutting edge new technology, the 3D printing, the, the, the elect, the, you know, the, the low cost of uh, swarming electronics that the Internet of Things is, all the way back to blacksmithing and forges and, and, uh, you know, uh, hand planed carpentry work. The, the thing that we're finding interesting in our makerspace, since we are really trying to be a family friendly makerspace where kids and adults are getting together to build and share and, and explore. We we find that the adults are the ones like myself who have a little bit of gray hair. We had a shop class in our high school or we took we, them by, you know, yeah. took a sewing class. You had auto shop. You had the things that were kind of Votech at the time. A lot of those have uh, in, in the last couple decades there's been an educational trend to sort of uh, reduce uh, the spaces in, in schools that are dedicated to that sort of hands-on technology and be replacing them by traditional classrooms because there's an emphasis on academics, there's an emphasis on test scores, and a lot of that's driven by sort of more classical academic instruction. And so the woodshop teachers and the metal and the cars and the, the, the home ec have disappeared to some extent. You see it coming back now, but um, the interesting thing is that the kids that are coming back into those technical fields are the ones who are doing the robotics teams, or they're doing, uh, you know, they're 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 programmers, or they're 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 really hacking away at this new affordable technology and becoming, in many ways, entrepreneurs and innovators uh, because they have the resources uh, to to create and invent new things. That is amazingly awesome of what it's uh, doing. You have made me have memories that I haven't had in forty <laughs> years. That metal. Whatever it was that hung on my wall that I made in metal shop uh, all those yeah. years ago in the in the late seventies. Uh, That's right. You used that lathe and you brought home that hammer, right? Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that uh, twisted that bent that metal. You know, put it into the. Oh yeah, heated it up. 
So your, your Maker Faire, as we wrap up here, um, it sounds like it's been going on for a, a little while. How long has it been around? Well, the, the, the Maker Faire here in Atlanta has been going on for about four years. Our Maker Space our community has been around for about a year. Okay. Um, and the Decatur Makers, uh, which is the, the space that we're trying to kind of finish the funding so we can open up the doors, uh, that's the Kickstarter project. Um, it's, it's really an interesting group of people because of the fact that we have kids and adults. We're seeing sort of intergenerational teaching where the kids can teach some of the adults uh, about the digital world and some of the things that how to use my iPhone to Skype with my daughter in Europe or how do I get my uh, tablet to read this book and the adults can teach the kids you know here's a, here's here's how you actually you know sew on a button so there's there's all these different skills that are crossing intergenerational boundaries and they reinforce that kind of mentoring relationship as grandparents maybe aren't living as close to their grandchildren in, in this day and age sometimes the separation is hard well, what we find is that the makerspace brings those generations together. At the same time, it kind of blends the old and the new technologies. So people can help support your program. They can go out to Kickstarter right now. Uh, the project is called, I had it up here. What's it called? It's called Decatur Makers. Is that what you have? It's, it? Yeah, Decatur Makers. It's called a makerspace for tech plus art plus tools plus community. So we are... Uh, we're 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 cotton down the last. We're under ten days now, and 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 we're very excited because we've had you know hundreds over a hundred backers, and uh, it's been a really gratifying experience working with the Kickstarter team. We got noticed as a project of the day one month, but in particular, in particular, we're really seeing a broad section of the community coming in supporting it the way that the Kickstarter model is is really designed to do. I'm encouraged by it. I, I'm thrilled that we've had you on the show. Um, I will go out and become a backer and uh, I'm going to ask, I don't do this very often. We don't have guests on, but I'm going to ask my listeners that I think this is uh, this is worth, even if they just chip in a dollar and, and tweet it out that they, they've supported you. I think that uh, showing some support for this kind of uh, creativity in our communities that, that crosses generations, I think it's awesome. Lou, thank you so much for uh, for sharing and what you thank guys Thank you, Richard. How can they find your site not on Kickstarter. Decatermakers.org. You know, just open your search engine and, and type those two words in. You should pop right up. And how do you spell Decatur? D-E-C-A-T-U-R. It's one of probably two dozen cities named after Admiral Stephen Decatur from the 1800s. Yep. So, uh, oh, and I know we're we the one in Decatur, Georgia. You're the, you're the original. I swear you guys are the original. That's, uh, because the, <laughs> the only one I've ever heard of is Decatur, Georgia. You say that to all the Decaters. Oh, I do. I do. Now you know. Lou, thanks so, so much for, uh, for being part of the show, and we will have uh, folks go out there and, and take a look at you. Um, again, it was uh, – how do they find the website again? D-E-C-A-T-U-R Makers, Decatur Makers. Decaturmakers.com, and they can, find the, they can go out on the uh, Kickstarter page and find you over the next nine days. Let's, uh, I think you're going to make it. You've got uh, $5,000 to go for those nine days. I think you're going to make it, so thanks for being on the show. Yep. Thank you. Decatermakers.org, actually. Oh, thanks. Sorry. Decatermakers.org. Glad we uh, got that clear. All right. Thanks. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been uh, Lou Lefton, who is the executive uh, director for the Decatur Makers, which is a Kickstarter project out there as they're securing space for their Decatur Maker community. Please show them support. Go out there and show them a little bit of love. Our intro and exit music is Orientation by Bureaucratic. You can listen to more of their music at soundcloud.com slash bureaucratic. Today's show is produced by Come Alive Creative. 
We want to thank their work and you can find them at comealivecreative.com. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.